Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, and we're going to talk about fulfilling God's prophetic agenda for your life. I see you getting it done right on time. Praise God. Let's talk about today what our responsibility is to see important prophecies come to pass in our lives. Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your spirit would illuminate the scriptures, cause the light to be turned on to our understanding, and let us take these truths and walk in them for your glory. Father, thank you for your great help. In Jesus' name we pray, and around the world we say, Amen. Now, we're going to look at something that uh, Jesus said, but before we look at a scripture, I want you to understand that in order to see your prophecies fulfilled, it takes more than just an anointed prophet speaking over you a prophetic utterance. There is always a part that we have to play, and so we must know what our responsibility is in order to see God do his part. And we know God will always do his part, but we must also do our part as well. Praise God. And so we're going to look at some scriptures today that will unveil to us what our responsibilities are. And let me say this as we're going to get into Luke in just one second. I want to say that faith is not believing that God will do something. Rather, Faith is doing what God says to do in order for him to do something. And we see examples of this all throughout scripture. I think about the time that Joshua and the Israelites had crossed over into the Canaan land. They just crossed the Jordan River. And so they were very close to Jericho. And it was right at that moment when the enemy could even physically see them. It was at that moment that God instructed Joshua and said, it's time to uh, do a circumcision because there were many that were born and grew up in the wilderness that were never circumcised. So this is something where we must do our part. And so Joshua said, okay, he said, we'll, we'll do it right here, right now. And that day their reproach was rolled away from them. So there's times where we just have to stop and we have to do the right thing. And the context of that story's situ uh, situation is that they were very vulnerable. So now all the fighting men that could fight with the sword or spear, they're all down for a few days because they have basically have had surgery and they need time to recover. But regardless, we have to be obedient to the Lord right on the spot. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So faith is not believing that God will do something. Rather, faith is doing what God says to do in order for him to do something. And so we're going to look today at our part because we know God will always uphold his part. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? So this is an area where the problem would lie. You have many Christians that receive very genuine and accurate prophetic words, and time goes by and the words are not being fulfilled. And oftentimes it's because there is an area of our life that we have to address and we have to make right. Praise the Lord. And so these areas where the Lord would point out we must be quick 
to walk in obedience to them, or else we can end up even in a place of self-deception where even the decade or 30 decades go by. Uh, and then, you know, you think, well, it's, it's still going to happen. Well, there are some that have a time date. They have a stamped date where they are destined by God to be delivered within a certain time frame. The window of opportunity is open, the prophetic window. Those are the times that we must go through. And so it's very important that we are obedient to the Lord in these areas so that we can experience what he has for us. Now we see the classic scripture referring to this, James chapter one, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Uh, it is possible to be a professional hearer and that's good because faith comes by hearing, but you're only halfway there. You also now have to do what you have heard in the word. In other words, with Joshua, it's not just enough to hear God say, circumcise all the males. No, we have heard that and we can't act like we didn't hear it. Now we must be obedient and we must go and do it, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So we don't want to be a self-deceived Christian, uh, just thinking that the prophecy still will just somehow automatically happen when there are areas of our life where we are not measuring up to the responsibilities that the Lord has placed before us. And so I want to talk today about just a couple of these areas of responsibility. And one would be in the area that I would call genuine dedication. And so let me say that genuine dedication to God and the interest of his kingdom is in many ways a secret behind fulfilled prophecies. And so we see this in Psalm 92. Let's turn over there just for a moment. Psalm 92. And as we're talking about this today, I do see uh, prophecies being fulfilled in your life. I believe this year is going to be a major year for uh, prophecies to be fulfilled. And it is true that there are some prophecies that it takes some time in order for them to come to pass. Uh, there is one right now that I'm working on that through a divine visitation of the Lord, Jesus came to me in a vision and shared something with me. And that has now been right around the mark of 12 years. But this year, I already see that it's beginning to open up. And this is the year that that prophecy spoken to me by the Lord himself will be fulfilled. Now, Psalm 92, let's go to verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So here we have the man of God, the woman of God being pictured symbolically as a tree and their growth and their overall development. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. There's something very significant about being planted in God, in his interest, in what's on his heart, what's on his agenda. Amen. Such as the great commission and things like that. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. You're looking at individuals that are getting their prophecies fulfilled. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, those who are planted, those who are planted. Well, uh, where my wife and I live, we have uh, about four acres, a little over four acres. And uh, we have a lot of trees. Certain ones uh, uh, are 
a little bit unique, very pretty trees. We have a willow, a weeping willow. It's so pretty, I actually almost cut it down by accident because <laughs> the first time I ever saw it, it was in the wintertime. And I told Kelly, I think I should just cut this one down. She said, no, wait. I think, she said, I think that's a special kind of tree. Well, in the spring, we certainly found out, and it's probably uh, could be the most beautiful tree on our property, although we do have a dogwood, a wild dogwood, and my goodness, I have always loved dogwood trees, and uh, whether they're pink or they're purple, they're spectacular when they bloom. And of course, the dogwood has those little uh, rust-colored uh, marks on the petal that look like uh, nails. And my grandmother back in Mississippi always told me that the dogwood tr tree represented the Lord's crucifixion at Calvary because the spikes or the nails that were driven into his flesh are marked on the petals of the dogwood flower. Uh, anyhow, our dogwood tree uh, turns purple in the spring. It is, oh, it's so beautiful. But in the backyard, we have a really large oak tree. It's a white oak, and it's probably about 50 years old. And for some reason, it seems that's the tree that all the hawks want to go to and nest in when it's mating season and breeding season. Uh, just our backyard is full of hawks. It's not a safe place for a rabbit. <laughs> it's hawks flying all over the place. And uh, the tree also has a lot of squirrel nests. And that tree is just constantly uh, in season producing acorns. But here's the thing. You've probably noticed this just like I have. Trees don't move around. Uh, I, I left the office uh, I left my house early this morning to come here to the office, and I noticed the tree didn't get up in the middle of the night, walk away. It's still there. <laughs> and so we have to be like that because the moment, for example, you were to uproot that oak tree, it's, it's over with. It'll never produce anymore. Its death begins the moment you uproot it. So that tree is actually designed to produce for another 50 years. It's not any struggle for a tree like that to live beyond 100 years. But if you plant it or you just start moving it all over the place, it's, uh, I tell you, the, the production of acorns is over with. Its ability to house and take care of animals and uh, just be a blessing, uh, producing, uh, you know, the carbon dioxide and so forth or, you know, offsetting that. It's all over with the moment that you move it. So we have to be like these trees where we're planted in the Lord. So this is a dedication to the Lord and that this is essential for prophetic fulfillment. And again, in many ways, it's like a secret mystery that some don't understand and they're, they're not dedicated. They are saved, but they're not dedicated. And thus many prophecies, especially of course, the good ones constantly seem to elude them. Praise God. Now, let's go further with this. We need to stay dedicated. We see other references such as Psalm 1. Let's jump over to the first Psalm in the Bible. Psalm 1, we can actually start in verse 1. Praise the Lord today. Mm -mm. Psalm 1, and let's drop down or begin in verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, this is very important, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. You need to see yourself like a tree. How? Plant it 
plant it by the rivers of water. You don't want to be in some old dry, dead spiritual situation. Saved? Yes. Uh, saving faith? Yes. On your way to heaven? Yes. But dry and just brittle and non-productive. No, you need to be planted in the Lord, in the things of God, planted by the rivers of water. And this is what a result is that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, get ready for this, whatever he does shall prosper. And that would certainly include <laughs> the fulfilling of prophecies. But you really have to be dedicated. You have to be completely sold out to the Lord. This is, by the way, something that's not optional. This is a requirement. This is a requirement planted by the rivers whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Praise God. Amen. So we're getting down to the core issues of some of these reasons of why in the lives of some prophecies are just always hanging out in the future and never being fulfilled. So if your heart is not planted in God, then your prophecies will be stifled. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Praise God today. Thank you, Jesus. And I would like for us to drop down to verse 24. Verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. So if you're trying to save your life and you want things your way and you're not interested in God's plan and all you want to do is hold on to your agenda, then you're going to lose the life that God has for you. And trust me, he knows you. He's got the best plan. He's got it all figured out, but you're going to have to let go of your thing in order to get his thing. But whoever loses his life, that's your own plans. Maybe they are wrapped with selfish ambition. Maybe they are, are wrapped with uh, an agenda that uh, is not sinking at all with what God's agenda for your life will be. Well, he says, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So when you lose your life, you find the life that God has planned for you. And that's really when you step into real living, when you're really uh, to let go of anything in order to embrace what God has for you, then you are on the way to seeing God's will, which a prophecy would line up with. You're on the way to seeing that fulfilled and you'll end up getting God's very best. Woo. Praise the Lord. Now there would be some, I'm sure that would be around you that wouldn't understand that they're not going to understand the things of the spirit, but it, it is critical that you go on with God. And that could mean leaving behind a good friend that, that perhaps loves God, but is not interested in all out dedication. They have no interest in that. Well, there will come a separation if you want to go on, but I tell you what, God will reward you and you'll see the most powerful prophecies come to pass in your life. Let's jump over to John chapter 12, John chapter 12. And we're going to go down to verse 26. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, let him follow me and where I am there, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father will 
honor. So Jesus said, uh, whoever follows me. Oh, so that is a uh, reminder of our devotion, our dedication to the Lord. And then he talked about those who would serve him and that we see that this serving, this dedicated service is tied directly to God honoring an individual. Mm-hmm. God can honor you with prophecies fulfilled. God could honor you by receiving uh, powerful prophetic words from even esteemed prophets. Praise God. Hallelujah. But again, it's all tied to our genuine dedication to go all out for the Lord. You can't hold back. Mm-hmm. And God knows. God sees it. You could be on a sporting team. You could be on a football team. And you could be out on the field and you could endeavor to present yourself as going all out. And maybe the coach can't even quite discern. Is his heart really all the way into it? But we all know that God can. God knows. And also in our hearts, we know when we walk off the field, whether or not we really gave our all or gave our best. And that's how we have to be with the Lord, full dedication. So I think we're beginning to see that dedication is not a gift, nor is it a calling, but rather it's a choice. Woo! This is your choice. And God, he takes the ball and he bounces it over to you. It's your shot. It's, it's your call. So again, dedication, it's not some kind of special gift. It's, it's not something just automatically will come along because of a calling. No, it's not a gift or a calling. It is simply a choice. And this has a lot to do, more than what people would admit, with prophecies coming to pass in your life. So as you dial in with full commitment to the Lord, I see every form of what we would call prophetic frustration coming to an end in your life today. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, these things now that I want to discuss next. Uh, yes, there can be dedication, but there really needs to be the dedication with a good heart attitude. Woo, praise God. So I want to continue to drill. We're drilling like for spiritual oil. We're going deep so that we can hit the oil. We're not going to scratch around at the surface because we know that's not where the reserves are at, but we must go down. We must deal with these issues so that we are not frustrated by having just time go by but it, and nothing happened. But we're seeing the power of God's word manifested in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go over to the gospel of Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. And I would like for us to go to verse, verse 35. Matthew 22, verse 35. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God and with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now, the second one is very similar, but the second one is not as it's not as high as the first one. So let's focus just for a moment today on the first one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So there must be dedication 
but it must be heartfelt. It must be done out of a genuine, sincere love for God and for the interest of his kingdom. Woo, praise God. If not, God notices. <laughs> oh, he notices. And if you push uh, with a wrong attitude and are very stubborn in this area, um, you could end up uh, facing what uh, the early Israelites did, as sadly we see in Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning in verse 47. And by the way, you know the very fact that it's verse 47 and 48, that that's out of the category of the blessing. The blessings are Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. If you move past that, uh, you, you have fallen into a, an area that you do not want to be in. But let's take a look at that area just for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47, because this is what God said to his own people. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. Now, he didn't say you didn't serve me, but he's saying you did it with a bad attitude. You constant grumbling and complaining like, God, do we have to do this again? God, you're always asking us, uh, you know, we always have, always need to pray. And Pastor Stephen says uh, we should tithe or we should give. And God, you're always putting stuff on us. Now, look what he says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. For the abundance of everything, therefore, therefore, you shall serve who? Your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you. Wow. I mean, you think about that for a moment. God sees the bad attitude and says, well, you seem to have a... a uh, an attitude problem where you're, you, you don't appear happy. Well, Lord, you're right. I'm not happy. I, I just don't like this. I don't like your, uh, your rules. I don't like your laws. I don't like the way that you do things. The Lord's like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to set it up so that you can see the difference of what it's like serving me or serving somebody who is a real taskmaster. Well, I don't like serving the Lord. He's like a taskmaster. Oh no. Pharaoh was the taskmaster and God delivered them out of that slavery and out of the fiery furnace and brought his people out of Egypt. So if you can't appreciate that, God says, I'll just give you a taste of it again as a reminder of what it's actually like. So my friends, our dedication, of course, is a commitment, but it must, it's not optional. It must be a delightful commitment. And that's the area that some Christians need to correct. And if they don't correct it, they will be frustrated with prophecies that are not being fulfilled. Praise God. Now, I wrote this down. When you view serving God as a burden and not as a delight, then your life becomes a burden. I want to say it again. When you view God as a burden and not as a delight, then your life becomes a burden. And the Lord will he'll see to it. These things are very, very important. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. When you obey the commandments, they deliver you from burden, from oppression, and from all forms of, uh, of ungodly weights, my friends, the Lord is good. 
for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So as we serve the Lord, there should be joy in our hearts. There should be joy in our hearts. Praise God. Well, I want to read something, and I'm going to read it uh, from the Holman. So I'm going to use a different translation, and I'll explain why. But I want to go now to Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. And let's look at verse 36. This is very, very powerful. Very powerful. Jeremiah 23, verse 36. But no longer refer to the burden of the Lord. Praise. Well, let me start in verse, verse 33, excuse me. Verse 33. Now, when these people or prophet or a priest ask you, what is the burden of the Lord? You will respond to them. Now, back in the old days, when a prophet would deliver the prophetic utterance, the oracle or the message of the Lord, that message would be highly esteemed and the people, the Israelites, they had a phrase that they would use to describe God's message. They would call it the burden of the Lord, not as something that that would be despised, but as something that they would greatly revere. And that phrase, the burden of the Lord, denoted reverence for what the prophet would speak and also that this is an area, that prophecy would be an area directed to God's people that they would need to bring an area of correction in, such as return to the Lord, okay? And so uh, they would reverence and respect that word. What has happened is that they're now using the phrase burden of the Lord as an insult to God. They're basically saying, God, you've got another prophet in this context, Jeremiah, telling us another message from you and uh, of some area that we're supposed to repent of, and God, we're just tired of all of this. And so they would use the phrase burden of the Lord in a sense that God's prophecy is now a burden and a weight. It's just another responsibility that they've got to fulfill. And God got very hot about that attitude. Now, when these people or prophet or priest ask you, what is the burden of the Lord? You will respond to them, what is the burden? I will throw you away. This is the Lord's declaration. As for the prophet, priest, or people who say the burden of the Lord, I will punish that man and his household. This is what each man is to say to his friend and to his brother. What has the Lord answered? Or what has the Lord spoken? But no longer refer to the burden of the Lord. For each man's word becomes his burden, and you pervert the words of the living God, the Lord of hosts, our God. Wow, this is very powerful. God says, basically, that if you consider my prophecies, my message, my instruction, my teaching, my way of doing things as being a burden, and you address that, whether verbally or with a bad attitude as being a burden, God says, I'll make every word you speak a burden. I'll make your whole life a burden. You'll be weighed down with all kinds of weights and burdened by all kinds of things. Why? You didn't serve me joyfully. You did not ser serve me with joy and gladness of heart. And my holy word, which should be esteemed, uh, God says, I mean, it's like a, a person said, oh, that's just another rule we've got to obey. We've got so many already. Ooh, we're overloaded already. Oh, that's, that's a great 
uh, disrespect to God's holy word. And my friends, this is for our, our freedom and our liberty. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So God, God basically says, I'll make your whole life a burden. If that's your attitude, I'll make your life like that. And every word that comes out of your mouth, because you, you said my word was a burden, I'll make every word you speak a burden that weighs you down. I remember that Andrew Womack, the anointed Bible teacher, said that one day uh, there at, uh, you know, he has a large ministry campus. He uh, just decided to, you know, to walk through the offices and, you know, check uh, the thermostat of people's attitudes and hearts and things like that. So he had gotten there early as people were coming in to work, and he's in one particular building. And he's kind of walking around this building and seeing the employees as they come in. And uh, one employee came in, and he did not know that Andrew Womack, the boss, is there. One employee came in and announced to everybody in the room, TGIF. Now, for those of you that are from America, you know that means that's an abbreviated expression of, thank God it's Friday, with an underlying meaning of, I can't wait to get out of here because I don't like working here and I want to just be out of here and tomorrow is the weekend and I can get out of here. And that really hit Andrew Womack the wrong way. So he said, what did you say? And suddenly the guy realized, oh, the boss is here. He said, well, I said TGIF. And Andrew Womack said, he said, well, if you're so anxious to get out of here and you don't really obviously don't have a pleasure in working here, he said, if you would like, I can make every day a Friday for you. In other words, I can, if you want to, yeah, I, I can fire you right now on the spot. And then, then you could just have a, you could have a, a, a an ongoing weekend <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> but see, oftentimes Christians don't understand how detrimental this attitude, even if you're working or serving the Lord, as, a, as an example, that guy, is wor he was working full-time for a minister, for a ministry, yet his heart's not into it one bit. All he wants to do is wait till 5 o'clock and get out and get out of there and then go do what he really likes. And so God sees all of these areas, and thus you have Christians that just keep on living, sometimes in a sense of of self-deceivement, like James said, James chapter 1, verse 22, and they just don't understand how come the prophecies aren't being fulfilled. Mm. And again, that's why James said it's like a person looking in a mirror and you just walk away and you don't even know what you look like. And you, you get a great prophetic word and that is God's plan for your life. God wants you to step into that, but why does it never happen? It's not about just being dedicated, although that is critical. But it's more than that. It's being dedicated with a good attitude, with a good heart, all out for God, with a good attitude. You know, we were just contacted by one of the networks that we're on, and uh, uh, they also have uh, individual uh, television stations, and they called us because one station that we've just gone on, they decided to do something nice for us. They said, they said, Pastor Stephen, we're going to give you uh, some promo spots for free, and we've already scheduled them for you because you're going to be new on this particular station. We've already scheduled them for you, uh, but we need we need your promo spot like almost like immediately. We only had like a couple days to do it, and uh, we said, okay, 
Okay, what does that mean? That means I've got to get in here. I've got to record it. And then we've got to get that over to our editor that needs post-production. Let's do some color grading. And then we've got to, we've got to sweeten the audio. Let's do all this stuff, pull it all together. And then we've got to get it over to their data link and get it ready so it's slotted in, the, in time to make it. And you know what? It took a team effort, but we all put to get, pulled together with a good attitude and we got it to the network. We got it slotted in within that computer system one hour. It was on their server one hour before it went live. Woo! Wow, how about that? And, and they're offering all this for free. They're offering free airtime. We want to push and promote your ministry and your new program on the show. And, uh, you know, we did it, but we did it with a good attitude. Oh, Pastor Steve, don't expect me to stay late. Don't expect me to stay late for anything. At 5 o'clock, I'm out of here. And, uh, and, and no, you don't want to ever make unreasonable demands on people, but there are times when uh, something comes up and you, you have a golden opportunity to do something special for the Lord and with the Lord. So let's do it, even if it requires some extra push, and so forth. And not only let, should we do it, but we should do it with a good attitude. Amen. And we got it done. And God has given us a tremendous uh, team around here, all very talented, everybody in their own special particular departments. But my friends, uh, God sees these types of things while we're working. Amen. We should work with a good heart. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take a look at Romans chapter 8. Uh, we want to go to verse 35. Romans chapter 8. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, again, look at verse 35. The beginning part says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So, my friends, when you become inseparable from the love of God, that's, that's the moment your prophecies begin to materialize. This all-out love for the Lord, this all-out dedication and commitment to the Lord really that's when things begin to roll and your heart has got to be in the right place because don't think that God doesn't know it. He, he can see right inside of us. <laughs> he knows every, he, he, he can even, God even knows motive. He, he sees all of that. So it must be done out of love. Yes, a dedication, but it must be done out of love with a good attitude. And let me give you one more scripture. This is one of my favorite ones in the Bible. And uh, again, another uh, stunning promise. But again, to realize it and to see it, we must do our part. And that would be Psalm 37. Let's go to verse 4. Delight yourself, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Praise God. Here we see really that staying in love with God, really being into God, into the things of God is key to prophecy being fulfilled. He will give you the desires of your heart. Everybody wants their prophecies to be fulfilled, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> these glimpses into your future, this pulling back the curtain of what God has in store for you. He doesn't share everything. Even Paul said that prophecy can be in, in part. We don't know everything. And a reason for that is because God requires that we walk by faith. He's not going to show us everything because then you don't need faith. So there's an element where you don't get it all. You're going to have to walk by faith. But that prophecy can be tantalizing in giving you a glimpse of knowing where you're going. And just that glimpse is enough to uh, uh, ignite passion within your heart. And so, my friends, let us be dedicated all out to the Lord and also do it with a good heart. Remember, we want to stay in Deuteronomy chapter 28 in that safe area, verses 1. Uh, through 13 and 14. We don't want to go past that and be over in this area where God says, well, because you did not serve me joyfully, I'm going to turn you over to those that you're going to have to serve them, and they're not going to be nice to you. They're not going to be sweet and good to you. You're going to have a really crude experience. And then the Lord says, then you can see who really the taskmaster is because it's not me. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, I, I didn't know that God was like that. <laughs> God, look, you're going to have to realize that God is not just one dimensional in the sense where all he is is sweet, syrupy love. Yes, I know what the Bible says. God is love. But I also know the other part of God, which is just as true of his character and nature as the love side. And that's the side of God where he is a straight shooter. He deals straight and he gives instructions and commandments and he expects us to obey them with a good heart. Woo! Woo! There's a different part of Jesus that has been left out a lot of the Western church. Let me just suggest this sometime, uh, if you want to see a little bit more, perhaps, of this other side of God, and I've seen it. I don't often teach on it, but I've seen it personally. I've seen phenomenal things that God has shown me in this area. Sometime Google and listen to the message by A.A. A. Allen called, God is a Killer. Wow. Pastor Stephen, I've never heard anything like that. Uh, that's okay. There's a lot of people in the West, in the American church, uh, particularly, that have never even seen this side of God. And I've seen it. I have seen it uh, in, in terrifying ways, also concerning the future judgment of sinners, those who rejected God, those who did not receive God's provision for, uh, for sin and uh, his means of atonement through Christ, his son. Those who reject Christ, Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. There is severe punishment. Uh, going to hell, going to the lake of, that burns with fire, sulfur, and brimstone. These are devastating things. These are things that are the, that are the living reality of rejecting God. Don't ever forget that God, yes, he's loving, but he's also a God of justice, and justice will be done. So we want to serve the Lord, knowing these types of things, and also giving God our very, very best. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, these areas are real. But we, we are going to serve the Lord with a good heart. Praise God. And my friends, you're on your way to seeing God's power released in your life.
Many prophecies also revolve around the release of provision. In other words, it takes provision to complete this area of your assignment. And God's going to cause that release of provision, and you will be able to do uh, what He has called you to do in those areas. Hallelujah. And you will do it with a good heart. Pastor Stephen, the money, the money came in, but I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't like tithing. I don't like tithing. I, I just don't like the burden of having to do something like that. Oh, okay. Well, let God take it out some other way. And then you get hit with something that the next thing you know, you're having to reach into your savings or reach over here and, and pull all this money together to pay for something that popped into your life that was a big mess. Well, why not just tithe so that your life goes goes smoothly and things go well the way God designed it, the way God planned it, instead of always fighting and looking at God's commandments as being a burden. Mm -mm. By the way, thinking you're smarter than God and that you can outsmart His laws also is, in a sense, uh, calling God's Word the burden of the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So these are just some of the areas that these requirements not being met is what is holding back prophecies from being fulfilled in the lives of some. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. This is a breakthrough, breakout year for you. God is doing things this year, even in the double. Hallelujah. He's going to do things in a double measure this year. This is the 2-2. Two -two. Praise the Lord. This is also the year where the wealth of the wicked is being transferred to the righteous. It's going to escalate, but it's, it's already rolling this year. Step into these things by faith, and let them not just be prophecies that hang out there, but let these things be materialized in your life because you are fulfilling your responsibilities to God's requirements. Praise God. Mm -mm. I think this is the danger of ministers some ministers just putting out prophecies all the time. Every week they, they send out a bulk email with another, with another prophecy for the body of Christ, and they never tell the people, hey, you have a part to play. They just say, God's going to do this, God's going to do that. And it, the, the prophecy, in a sense, could be on target with God's heart for His people of what He wants to do. But if you never tell the people that they have certain responsibilities in order for these prophecies to become a reality, then what will happen is just... You can just send out the prophecies over and over, different ones, a year will go by, five years, 10 years, and it's just, then people start getting frustrated, and they're, they're wondering what's going on, or they, they fall into the other category, which is what I normally see, of becoming almost like what we would call self-deceived, or not almost, literally self-deceived, and they think it's going to happen, but it's never going to happen because they're not doing their part. Praise God. Amen. Amen. But I see you taking God's, God's requirements very seriously. And because of that, God's lifting you up as a sign and a wonder and as a testimony of His power, of the remnant, of the remnant generation uh, being the shining star, the city set on a hill. Glory to God. His Word is working in your life. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people watching today that uh, if there's any prophetic frustration, it ends today because your people are engaging you in the required areas. Now, Father, we celebrate every commandment. We celebrate every instruction. Father, 
if our flesh would recoil from what you would say, we still say, Lord, let not our will be done, but let your will be done. Oh God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that your plan for our life is the ultimate plan. You've got it all designed. Even before we came on the scene, you had it all mapped out. And so, Father, we thank you that we are heading towards the high places designated for us. And we thank you for grace and strength to get there. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ, you need to receive Jesus so that you can be delivered and saved from sin and eternal damnation in hell. And eventually when you're in hell, eventually there will come the, the final judgment and everybody that is lost in sin who was not in Christ will be then thrown into the, the eternal abode of the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Uh, think of it as a place like the Pacific Ocean that is nothing but liquid fire. It's an ocean of liquid fire, an eternal torment with worms eating your flesh and devouring you, and it never, ever ends. If any preacher tells you differently, they are contradicting the holy word of God, and God will deal with them for that. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So if you don't know Jesus, get your life right with God today and get on his prophetic plan for your life. Hallelujah. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus, pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners like me. Jesus, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Jesus, I repent and turn from my sin. Save me now. I give you my heart. Come into my life. Wash my sins away with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. And the Lord has heard that prayer. Now serve him with a joyful heart and live for him. Amen. This is the highest level of living. Working with the Lord. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. You know, I just want to say that I have no desire to run off for three months and take a three-month vacation. I like what I'm doing. I love serving the Lord. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you must be so exhausted and wore out. No, I'm energized. I'm energized because God provides that grace when you serve him with a willful heart and there's joy in it. Praise the Lord. So my friends, step up and do your part and God will do his part and you'll keep moving forward from grace to grace, from strength to strength and from glory to glory. And we must, we must be all in for God because the big, the big glory wave is coming. It is going to be everything that we thought it would be and more. So get ready. Get ready. Now, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it and we consecrate it. That is, we set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus in the form, hidden through the form of what we would see as being bread and juice, but it is the flesh and blood of Christ. So, Father, we thank you for the Lord's 
body, as we receive it, we just receive grace to work with a good heart, a good attitude. Mm -mm. Even if we're like Paul the Apostle floating in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, holding on to a beam from a ship, and, uh, and things like that, or whatever challenges well, that might come our way, we thank you there's grace. We're more than conquerors, and we'll just praise you and keep on paddling because nothing's going to stop us because you're with us. You're for us, and you're in us by your Spirit. Father, we thank you. We thank you for victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's flesh. Praise the Lord. Somebody's losing their self-life in order to gain the God life. Somebody's letting go right now of their own way, and they're taking hold of God's way. You're, you're, you're yielding. You're surrendering. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Watch the prophecies begin to unfold now. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, cleansing from all sin, cleansing from all sin. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for a good heart attitude. We praise you, Father. Sometimes you stretch us, but it's a good stretching. We need to be developed. We don't want to go around with diapers on for the rest of our lives. No human would want to do that in a natural sense, and we certainly don't want to be like that spiritually. So, Father, we thank you for the times that you stretch us. It's what we need, and we rejoice in it. Now, we give you praise. Thank you, Father God. Let us be on the front lines of the outpouring of your glory because we are embracing our responsibilities. Thank you, Father. Let prophecy flow. This is a season of prophecies being uh, received and also being fulfilled. Thank you, Father. Let the prophetic anointing rest upon your people. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us receive now the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Embrace God's plan for your life. It's the highest and best. Amen. Trust the Lord with all, your, all of your heart and watch what God's going to do. Praise the Lord. Glory. Boy, the anointing, it's here. God's power is here. This is your year of the fulfillment of powerful prophecies. Walk it out. Hallelujah. And rejoice in all that God has called you to do. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting this ministry. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for sowing your best seeds towards this work that God has called us to do. And I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.